0: Let's talk about musicianship. Musicianship is the skills you have as a musician. Things like listening, singing, playing, creating, performing. It's also the ability to think in sound or audiate. This means hearing music in your head without any actual sounds being present. Think of this like the ability to read a book silently, hearing the words in your head as you read, but not actually saying them out loud. There are two things that help us develop this skill, exposure and experience. Today we're going to talk about some practical, intentional ways to develop musicianship in those you teach. There are many different facets of musicianship, all things that you can touch on in your lessons, classes, and rehearsals throughout the year. Here are a few examples. Listening, including pitch recognition, intervals, Phrasing, dynamics, listening to each other, and form. Singing, including breathing, vowels, and tone production. Improvising and composing, making music spontaneously in the moment, and the ability to write those ideas down. Expression, including phrasing, dynamics, and movement. Tonality, including singing with solfege, and understanding the difference between a melody, a bass line, and a harmony part. Rhythm and steady beat, including counting, chanting, and moving. And reading, including music notation, symbols, and intervals. Are you starting to get a sense of how big this topic is? Obviously, there are lots of things that you can include in your lesson plans throughout the year to cultivate various aspects of musicianship in your students. Which brings me to the main part of today's episode, 10 practical things you can do to develop musicianship in those you teach, week by week, all throughout the year. I'm Ashley Danew, and you're listening to Field Notes on Music Teaching and Learning. Writing field notes is a way of documenting and processing what we see in the world, This podcast is a collection of creative ideas, practical strategies, and thoughtful observations from the field of music teaching and learning. Here you'll find creative and pedagogically sound teaching tips, fresh new approaches you can use in your ministry and teaching, and insight into a few tried and true systems and creative processes designed to help you do your best work. Let's get started. Number one, choose warm-ups that prepare new concepts. Researcher and educator Edwin Gordon noted that it's important to hear and sing musical patterns before seeing them. Think about a musical concept like step versus skip. If you're teaching this concept for the first time, you might explore how they're different or what they feel like to sing or play. What do they sound like melodically and harmonically? This is all done without notation, just listening to and experiencing the differences. Think about ways to prepare new concepts like dynamics or melodic patterns that might come from a new piece you plan to introduce, dotted rhythms, or minor tonality, or a new meter like 6-8. All these things can be prepared through warm-ups, simple exercises that you do at the beginning of your lesson or rehearsal. Try a short exercise like... It seems simple enough, right? It's just a descending five-note scale, but it goes through all the important vowels that we use in singing. It's a great way to introduce those vowels and talk about vowel production, tone production, phrasing, legato singing, stepwise motion, etc. All without going into too much detail. Let your singers experience all those things through the warm-up before you really dig into them in the context of a piece of music. I'll share a few resource links for this in the show notes. If you're working with instrumentalists, create a warm-up pattern that they can use that will prepare them for a new technique or prepare them to play in a new key or meter. Practice the exercise with different dynamics or a change in tempo or with different articulation. Legato versus staccato. Number two, sing a cappella. Singing a cappella gives us a great opportunity to listen to each other and ourselves. Young singers, especially, need time to learn how to use their voices and manipulate them, and singing a cappella is a great way to do this. It also gives new singers of any age an opportunity to learn how to predict melodic and rhythmic patterns instead of simply responding to the keyboard or the piano. This way they can focus more on the shape and direction of the line without the distraction of the accompaniment at first. This is especially important when first learning something, focus on the melody, the phrasing, and shape of the musical line without the distraction of another part. But this isn't just for choir and elementary music classes. Singing a cappella is a wonderful way for instrumentalists to internalize the music, develop expression and dynamic sensitivity, and experience phrasing. Number three, use props and other visuals. This makes learning fun and memorable. Plus, it helps turn music, which is an aural art, into something more tangible. Here are a few ideas for incorporating more visuals into your teaching. Draw phrase shapes in the air or on the board. Use color wheels or paint chips to illustrate dynamic changes and variations. Toss a balloon up in the air as you sing long notes. Use colored shapes to outline the musical form of a piece. And choose a picture icon to represent each phrase. What ideas do you have? Number four, chant the rhythm. This is a great practice strategy for a new piece or section of a piece. It's an opportunity to break apart the piece into different layers and focus on just one musical element at a time. Here's an example of what this might sound like. Ba, 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 ba. Can you tell what song that is? Again, this should be done without notation. When chanting rhythm, make sure to speak with inflection instead of chanting like a robot where everything is really low in the voice. This might be your student's natural tendency, so encourage them to have rises and falls in their voice and make it more dynamic and interesting. Use a neutral syllable like ba at first, and then once the rhythm is more familiar, switch to a counting method of your choice, or the text of the anthem or song if applicable. If your students are to the point where they're starting to read some music notation for themselves, pull out some rhythm patterns from a piece they're working on and write them on a board or a place where everybody can see them. Point to each rhythm as you chant it and point again as they chant it. This is a way to bridge rote learning and music reading. Number five, sing on a neutral syllable. Like number four, this is a useful strategy for a new piece or section of a piece. Use a neutral syllable like bum or do in the beginning rather than singing with text right away. This helps learners focus on the musical qualities of the melody. Focus on lyricism, phrase shape, breath, dynamics, intervals, etc. All the melodic elements and rhythm of course too at this point. If your students are beginning to read, have them point to the notes in their music as they sing, or if the music is on the whiteboard or a screen, have them draw the shape of the melody in the air as it rises and falls. You can do this with instrumentalists too. Remember, singing is a great way to connect their inner musicianship and musical understanding with the music that they are able to create and express on their instrument. Number six. Use movement to develop a sense of steady beat. Listen to a piece of music, something with a steady tempo, of course, and have your students tap the steady beat with you. Mix it up by changing the placement of the beat every four to eight measures from their laps to their shoulders, to their heads, to their noses, to their elbows, etc. If you have space, have them step the steady beat, moving around the room as they listen. No talking, of course, just listening and showing the steady beat. Have them step it, hop on one foot, clap it, tap on different places of their bodies, etc. Anything to get them a little bit more actively engaged. If you're looking for more movement activity ideas, look for my post, 10 Movement Activities for Children's Choir. The link is in the show notes. Use clapping games to reinforce steady beat, too. And try teaching them a four-beat movement sequence to use while listening to a piece of music. For instance, step, step, pat, clap, or pat, pat, clap, clap. I'll share a resource link for some clapping games in the show notes. Number seven, study the score together. I recommend doing this in small sections, maybe 8 to 16 bars at a time. Piece together part of the score using either PowerPoint or just an enlarged copy that's cut up into individual measures. This is a great way to introduce score reading to your students, especially in a class or choir setting, without just handing out copies of the music and asking them to follow along. Give your students some things to find. Look for patterns, melodic and rhythmic, things that look the same show them how to find dynamic markings, and color code them. I wrote a post all about using color to teach music literacy last month. Look for the link to that in the show notes. Have them look for familiar intervals, maybe some things that you've prepared orally through warm-ups, and distinguish between them by drawing a triangle around the thirds, a square around the fourths, and a starburst around the fifths. It's kind of like a scavenger hunt, which I know my students love. Number eight, turn it into a game. In his book, How We Learn, The Surprising Truth About When, Where, and How It Happens, Benedict Carey wrote, Games are the best learning tool. It's true, right? Games help make learning fun and memorable. Use musical games to review vowels, intervals, Rhythm patterns, solfege, etc. Teach improvisation by playing a musical question and answer game. Play a musical memory matching game to help students identify same versus different in various one-bar melodic and rhythmic patterns. This makes a great gathering activity that students can play as they arrive before you begin. My husband and I used musical memory in community settings as well with a group of children, youth, and adults, and everyone loved it. I'll share links to a few blog posts with more creative game ideas in the show notes. To recap, here's that list of ideas for developing musicianship once more. Number one, choose warm ups that prepare new concepts. Number two, sing a cappella. Number three, Use props and other visuals. Number four, chant the rhythm. Number five, sing on a neutral syllable. Number six, use movement to develop a sense of steady beat. Number seven, study the score together. And number eight, turn it into a game. I hope this episode inspires you to plan creative and intentional ways to develop musicianship in those you teach each week. What are your favorite teaching strategies? I'd love to hear. Thanks so much for listening today. For written notes, related links, and more information on today's topic, visit field fieldnotes You can find me on Instagram at ashleydanew and at ashleydanieu blog on Facebook. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much if you'd leave a review in Apple Podcasts. This will help others discover this content in the future. Plus, I'd love to hear what you like about this series, and if there's anything specific you'd like to hear more of in the future. Again, thanks so much for tuning in today. See you next time.